Everybody, welcome back to another episode of one of these years. Uh, trying a different format today. Colton, I don't know. We'll, well, maybe we'll get this video thing going at some point, but for right now, we're trying out streaming. I'm, of course, Nick Bongardner, along with Colton Pouncey. Uh, Lions preseason debut, week one, uh, and the Lions are 1-0. and And Colton, before we get started, first of all, I guess, uh, how are we doing? You were down there last night. Uh, talk to me a little bit. That was a nice crowd for preseason opener, which we've seen the last couple of years, but that one looked pretty good. Yeah. I think it was like 48,000 was the attendance, and uh, it got pretty loud in there when the Lions were actually giving something to, something to uh, cheer for there. Um, but, you know, good opener. You know, you get the win. That's always the, the, the first step there. But uh, more importantly, a lot of reps for the young guys. Um, we saw a lot of snaps for guys like J-Mo and even more than I thought for like a guy like Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. They were kind of in there for like most of the first quarter. So uh, those young dudes were really getting some snaps there. And... Uh, some vets that were hanging around late in the game kind of made some plays there. So uh, pretty good effort. Got the win and uh, got some good work in this week. The crowd in general, like um, I'm trying to think back. Last year I feel like they had a nice crowd, but this one um, felt a little bit more full to me. This felt like when they walked out there, it looked like it anyway. Um, and I know that we've talked about the Lions where sold their season tickets out, all this. Um I guess when you look at it, Colton, like the crowd with this, with everyone we've seen in camp, uh, and I know that this is only your second year doing this. For me, it's not that much further, but I got to say, like, even for someone like you, the difference year to year here in fan excitement, even for a preseason game downtown, just in general, yeah. kind of off the charts. People were harassing the poor Fox 2 broadcast last <laughs> night because they had to go to the tornado. They had to go to tornado watch. And yeah. everybody was like, I can't take it. It's Lions third quarter preseason games. They need their Lions football, man. They need their preseason football. And I got to say, it's. <laughs> have you noticed this? Uh, I mean, I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. What, you're, what, what was it like, the, just the festive? Was it festive at all down there? Yeah, man, it was crazy. General? I mean, so here's the thing. I normally scooter into games now because I live close enough downtown right. to where it takes me like 10 minutes on scooter. But it was raining, so I'm like, you know what, I'll drive. And, right. like... Again, it was crazy downtown. Like I, could, I took me so long to get to my garage and to get to my spot, and every time, probably almost late to the game. <laughs> but uh, like, that's just where the team is right now. The excitement, the buzz around the city—you can feel it kind of wherever you go. And it's a product of what's been building over the last three years. And they finally got some pieces that are good enough to contend in the NFC North, win a division title, maybe win a playoff game or two. We'll see. But. Um, you can definitely feel it around the city, and I think it's really cool. Even for a preseason game, like the, it probably shouldn't have been as buzzing as it was, but you know it was pretty cool to see, regardless. No, it probably yeah, exactly. It's like it's just one day, but whatever. I mean, people are excited, so I get it. It is what it is, and it's been like that the whole uh, training camp. But let's get into it here. Uh, Colton's got risers and fallers. We'll get into those uh, maybe in this in the second half as we go through it. But I, I want to sort of go through and maybe we look at the the full picture offense and defense first. And we'll start with quarterback, Colton. And I, I know that a lot of this got talked about, and we wrote about it a little bit um, during the week, uh, but we haven't had a chance to really talk about Teddy Bridgewater and his impact with the whole team, I don't think, on the podcast. Um, and, of course, he was in the building last night. I'm not sure if that was the first day he was in. Was that, did he just get I think it might have been. Was it I think it might have been, yeah. So he'll be out there next week, obviously, um, at some point. I don't know if it'll be Monday, but he'll you know, be out there next week at some point. And then I think that... What we wrote last week and what you and I talked about a lot ourselves, I think really most people saw it yesterday. Sudfeld, Nate Sudfeld, just really has taken kind of a nosedive, unfortunately for him, um, you know, after having a really nice spring and probably a decent start to camp, we'll say. And then when the pads came on, it just did, it, it's gone south. And 
you know, I think when you look at that, we'll get to Martinez in a second. When you when you just look at Sunfeld missing, you know, open windows or you know catchable balls that guys are having a stretch for or just missing in general, like you're not helping all of these young receivers. And we've seen look at all these guys that they had out there, like eight or nine guys that made plays. It's sort of hindering their growth, is it not? I mean, and it's not just Jamison, but especially Jamison. Uh, he drops the one that he has to have, you know, full credit on. But, I mean, there's a couple others, you know, like, give him a better ball. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, and, and that has been happening every day that we're out there. So, I think that, you know, fans hadn't seen that yet. Now they know that it's been a rough go for Nate Sudfeld. And it's been so much of a rough go that the the second team, which is important right now, is not getting the type of work that it probably needs to get in camp. Yeah. You know, from our perspective, we can only tell our readers and our subscribers what we see out there. And so for a while yeah. in minicamp um, and OTAs, Sudfeld looked really good, man. Like he was he was hitting JMO in stride. He had like the velocity was there. You know, he looks the part as this like six, six quarterback. And you're like, all right, this could be something because we didn't really get to see him last year because he joined so late um, right before the season. Yeah. So that was really our first chance to see Nate Sudfeld. And we're kind of wondering, OK, what do they see in him? And then you saw a little bit of it um, back then in minicamp. And even I would say the first week of training camp, he was pretty solid. And then it was like a Saturday practice like a week ago. Um, he looked pretty rough. He was missing some dudes. I think he threw an interception that day. And ever since then, like, it's just kind of been a decline. And he did not have a good week of joint practices. Um, there was a ball downfield that he kind of overthrew JMO when he was wide open. Um, and it's like – you got to hit those, man. Like, J-Mo needs those, that, those, those reps, that work. That's the whole reason why he's out there with the second-team offense, to kind of give him that opportunity. Confidence. Yeah. Um, confidence, yeah. And, you know, Sudfeld has not been delivering in that sense. And then we saw him in the preseason game, and it was more the same. Um, so I think when you're looking around watching that, you're like, well, thank God for Teddy Bridgewater because they need him. And Campbell kind of mentioned that himself. He said, look, yeah, he'll be good for a guy like Hennon Hooker, but Hennon can watch any quarterback and learn from, from those guys. Um, this would be good for our receivers, and especially a guy like Jameson Williams, who needs those reps, needs the work. Um, and even though they weren't efficient, Campbell still was, you know, it seemed like he was took the positive mindset uh, for Jamo that night and said, right. yeah. we're just glad he got out there and got the reps. He wished it was a little more efficient. I think Sudfeld was 2 of 7 for 18 yards and two interceptions when throwing to Jamo. Exactly. So yeah, you wish right. that connection was better. It wasn't. Um, and now Teddy Bridgewater's here, and... I do think that second team offense is going to get a, a, a bit of a boost there just because of his presence. You know, he's an yeah. accurate quarterback, delivers a good ball, and you know what you're going to get from him. So, um, tough day for, for Nate Sudfeld. I think he needed a good performance, and he didn't really get it. It was a big, it was a rough one. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, I saw some people point that out yesterday, and it's true that Sudfeld's performance sort of dipped at, right around the time that they started talking about signing Teddy. And, you know, that, that's not probably a coincidence, but it's also at the same time you look back to last season and you say, okay, well, he didn't have to compete for the backup job. He got cut elsewhere. He came in here after they cut everybody else and cleared the decks and said, whatever, we'll just take this guy and go forward. And he was the backup the whole season. So this is the first time that they've really asked him to compete at all. And like, if this is the answer, then okay, fine. You have your answer. Like, no offense or no hard feelings to anybody. But yeah, Colton, I completely agree with you. And, and I think that more than that, uh, you know, because we saw guys like, and we've talked about this every day we've been out there, like uh, Maurice Alexander, you know what he can do, uh, Coda, uh, Drummond, uh, some of these other guys that have, like, there's a bunch, I'm forgetting names now, but there's like seven, I think there was five guys legitimately that came off the bench and made plays. Like, yeah. all these guys, uh, Antoine Green was out there and made a couple catches. These mm -hmm. guys, 
you know, they need an accurate ball every time, and they need the play run properly every time. And, it, you know, and that, more than anything, is what you're going to get from Teddy because Nate Sudfeld, God love him, was pressing, clearly. It, he was nervous and uh, trying to make the team, and, you know, Bridgewater is not going to be in that situation. He's coming in here. They want him on the team. He's making the team. He's going to be the backup quarterback. They're paying him to be that guy. He's 30 years old. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's older than Goff. Like, you know, there's he's going to be a shoulder for him. But more importantly, most importantly, I think for them right now, Campbell said that in New Orleans, Teddy would come in on Saturdays, whether they were home or away, I guess, and uh, sit down with all the young receivers and walk them through the game plan for that week of what they needed to do, what their particular assignment was, all this. I mean, like, that would be worth its weight in gold here, would it not? <laughs> like, I mean, even for Amon-Ra or everybody, they're so young, but and they have so much talent, as we just saw in this game. They were all open in that first half. And Sudfeld's yep. missing guys, but you saw guys. It wasn't just Jameson. It was a bunch of dudes getting open all over the place. Yeah, and one thing I'll say about Teddy, he was in the locker room uh, after the game, and uh, oh, we couldn't talk to him because I guess he doesn't have a jersey yet, a number yet, and that's, a, <laughs> oh, that's he an have NFL a rule, yet. I think, I guess. Rule? <laughs> I learned that last night, apparently. Uh, I did but, see that. He was pound, pound in the, in the, on the roster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was in the locker room, and – it's funny because Mo Alexander was, you know, he was getting some uh, some love by the media out there, mm-hmm. and Teddy took out like one of his phones. He has two phones for some reason. Took out one of his phones <laughs> and was like taking po- taking pictures of Maurice Alexander while he was getting some uh, some media love there. So that right. kind of shows awesome. you, like, this dude just got here and he's already like hyping up his teammates right. a little bit. A guy um, yeah, right. yeah. But in terms of what you're getting from Teddy on the field and what you're not getting from Nate, you know, we've we've talked about it for a little bit now here. Um, you know, Teddy's going to give you a good ball. He's going to help these receivers get on the same page. That wasn't the case for Sudfeld last night. And one thing I'll say about Sudfeld, he did have some drops. You know, the Jamo drop looms large. Sam Laporte had a drop early in the in the first quarter. Um, so it wasn't didn't get a ton of help there sometimes. But um, And I'll, I'll also say the offensive line was not really doing a good job keeping him upright. And that's been a theme no, in training camp, too. So that was rough. Yeah, Hasn't been put in the best situation. But at the same time, he had some good looks and had a chance to deliver some good balls and just didn't. So... That kind of shows you where, where he's at right now. You know, Campbell was talking about the quarterback situation going forward after the game. It sounds like, you know, you bring the guy like Teddy Bridgewater, you, you bump everyone down a, a peg. So, you know, Nate's going to get yeah. more snaps with the third team. Martinez is going to get some snaps taken away. Um, that's sort of what happens when you bring in a guy like that. But, yeah, there's a clear pecking order right now. It's Jared Goff and Teddy Bridgewater and then kind of everyone else. So we'll see what that means for Stuffield going forward. It's a tough spot to be in because – you know, as much as the Lions probably want an extra quarterback on the roster, they'll have some difficult decisions to make elsewhere. So if you're just comfortable with oh, Goff yeah, and Teddy yeah. to start the year, that might be the end of the uh, Nate Sudfeld era in Detroit here. Uh, yeah, I think we might be about done with Nate, I, unfortunately for him. I mean, I'd be surprised because two parts of that, that was the best Martinez looked all camp in the fourth quarter. Correct? Yep. Am I wrong? That you was are not wrong. He has, I mean, the, the bar was low, best. but you're not wrong. <laughs> the bar was... The bar was like buried under the ground, but that was actually like a solid performance. Like he looked like a quarterback out there that just sort of like said, okay, whatever, and let it rip. Good for him because I almost feel like now you're looking at a situation because you just nailed it, Colton. Moving forward, first team reps, the rest of camp will be Goff's. Second team reps, the rest of camp will be Teddy's. And then the scraps will be the other two. And somebody is getting cut in the next way. One of these two quarterbacks, if not both. And I don't think it'll be both. I think they're going to want to maybe stash a younger guy, and I think Martinez has enough mobility that he's the type of guy that you can use him on the scout team, Practice and that's squad. something that I, 
I feel like Martinez maybe saved his job a little bit or saved his or extended his life last you night. Know, how long have we been talking about needing a mobile quarterback I, for this team? So if you yeah, can keep on the practice squad, God, give you a look. He, he has looked so bad in practice. Like he's <laughs> his his joint practices against the Giants. I can't tell you if people like it if people were out there, they saw it, it was so bad in like rough. all of the situational spots, like all of the real ones where it's magnified and it's like now we gotta see if you can make throws. He, I mean, he was worse than Nate, so it was like, oh my god, this needs... Once again, you're sitting there, you're like, once again, Lions backup quarterback situation is a disaster for no reason other than they have you know, haven't addressed it. Well, now it's been addressed, and I think that, you know, importantly enough, maybe we could have said even last year, who knows, right, if you brought it in last year, maybe that could have helped somewhere along the way, an extra inch here or there, but I could see where that uh, that benefit is going to happen. Moving forward on, on the offense, um, another guy that got a lot of uh, snaps, a lot of these rookies got a lot of snaps, uh, Gibbs, with the with this, I guess the de facto first team, which I think is good. Yep. Because we get to see him, we got to see him run behind the second line. We'll talk about a second, but the catch and run that Gibbs had that everybody saw was cool. You know, that was a little bit of what he can do, uh, and that was just him redirecting off of a broken route running back to the quarterback, and finding a way to make a play for like 20 yards, which he does all the time and can do. More importantly, though, Colton, I thought even on like the moderately blocked stuff between the tackles, you could see the explosion when he put his foot on the ground and decided where he was going. Oh yeah. And if he was getting four four yards on stuff that really didn't have a lot of room, he's getting – it felt like he was maxing out, even if it wasn't well blocked. I liked – the bursts that we saw. Some pass pro hiccups early from him. A little bit of a slow start, yes. but I thought yeah. it was a nice day for, for Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a finish with seven touches for 37 yards. You know, that's not going to yeah, wow anyone. That, I would say that's not we'll going to wow anyone for a preseason game, but you'll take it, right? Like, um, be, running behind a second string offensive line that has not performed well in camp, mm-hmm. you'll take what you can get right. from Gibbs in a setting like that. Again, sort of like JMO, you just want to give him some reps, get his feet wet a little bit. And I thought they did that. Um, the eight-yard run that he had kind of up the middle where there's – it was, like, decently blocked, but you're right. I think I wrote, yeah. too, in my story, like, the burst, the explosion that he showed on that run, getting up field in a hurry. That stuff is going to be there all season long. We know that. It mm-hmm. was there last year. They just Absolutely. didn't take advantage of it. Um, so when you're, when you're with the first-team offensive line and running behind Sewell and Decker and Ragnow and those guys, like, that's the encouraging thing. That's when you can start to see the vision that Brad Holmes had when he drafted Jameer Gibbs. And then you mentioned the stuff um, in the receiving game where he kind of broke loose and helped out Sudfeld, came back to him and got – 18 yards like that is what he did at Alabama that's what he did at Georgia Tech that's why you draft a guy like that that's why Brad Holmes calls him an offensive weapon not just a running back and you know we'll see he's got to get more of these these games together. we'll see how much you know how many snaps he gets from here on out could be limited but um, in terms of what you're looking for in a preseason week one I thought you saw it from from a guy like Gibbs most importantly too and I think you saw it when we were out there on Tuesday and Wednesday um I More mean, absolutely. Yep. On, on Tuesday, uh, there was a rep that uh, got tweeted around a bunch. I tweeted it. The Lions put it out there on a one-on-one with him and Bobby O. Or I can never say the guy's last name. Is it O'Kirky or whatever? Bobby O. Something like that. The guy, the, line, the, the giant, the linebacker the Giants just signed, who's a really good athlete. I think he's like a four-five-five, four-five-seven guy somewhere in there. Dustin, um, a, a really good athlete, and Jameer made him look like an offensive lineman that is slow. Like, it was pathetic. Like, it made yeah. him look like he completely cooked him in that one-on-one. And this isn't the only time that he got himself open and found wiggle room and found space out there uh, in those days uh, against the Giants. So, I mean, I think this was a good first week for Gibbs, for sure. Or first, like, 
two weeks or whatever it's been of pads because we have seen something from him just about every day, I feel like. And the most important thing, he's missed no days, right? I don't think he's missed right. any days of pads. Nope. And I don't want to sit here and compare things to people, but like this point in DeAndre Swift's career, he'd already missed like a week. This point in a lot of other guys' career, they've already, you know what I'm saying? They've already missed time. Gibbs is out there every day. He takes hits and he keeps going. I think he's a pro. I think that that's the type of kid that he is. I feel probably almost Jack Campbell and him are the two that I and Branch, <laughs> but a lot of these rookies that you feel pretty good about right now. But Gibbs, I think, is pretty toward the. T- I mean, I he has had a, a really good start to this whole thing. Not a lot to to pick on here with him. It's funny you mention uh, maybe some of the differences between Gibbs and Swift because Gibbs took a hit early in that game. Uh, just tap him in, in a pile, and I was like, "Sure, oh, I don't know about that." And then you just bounce back up and <laughs> do right it again. Up. So I might have some PTSD from from Swift here, but uh, yeah, yeah, Gibbs yeah. is a pro. I, I absolutely agree with you. And uh, good week overall. Yeah, between the joint practices, it was some preseason game action, and uh, yeah, definitely made the most of his touches. A bummer yesterday. I thought uh, on the running back situation a little bit. I think Ibrahim got dinged up or something. He did. And he did. He left. I think he bit. was. He was. Uh, yeah, a little limited. He had a terrific week of practice, though. Absolutely. And I think that that is something, you know, Benny Snell, who they brought in after Justin Jackson retired, I don't know, do you know, do we know anything more on why Justin Jackson retired? Yeah, Campbell talked about it after the game. It just seems like they had a conversation. He realized he was kind just of at peace with his NFL career and yeah. was ready to go. Yeah, Which, which was a shame because Campbell said that he had been practicing well and it sounded like a guy that was ready to compete for a spot on the roster. But, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? I Well, hey, look, I 100% understand that. I've actually uh, covered guys over the years – that have made that decision around this time of year, and it's an extremely difficult thing to do, but the guys that make those decisions at this time, they're always like rock-solid people, and they go on and do better. So good luck to Justin Jackson. He's a good dude. But Ibrahim, I thought on Tuesday and Wednesday, was awesome. And then for him to get – I thought – I was like sitting there like, he is going to have an amazing preseason, and someone's going to have to pick him up somewhere because I don't know if the – or the Lions are going to have to keep him, one of the two, right? And – and for him to get banged up there, that was kind of a bummer. Uh, I did like Snell, though. What did you think of the rest of the backs that got in there? Yeah, you know, it, it was tough to truly evaluate them running behind that offensive line, but that's, you know, yeah. to be expected. That's the unit they're working with most days in practice. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bummer to see Ibrahim get a little banged up there and, and leave for a little bit um, because he did have a really good week of practice. Like, anytime you're over on that side of the field that he was operating at, you could hear the thud from his pads mm. and just the contact that he was creating – in these short yard situations. And that's what he can absolutely do uh, to earn himself a job on, on this team. Um, you know, a guy like Jamar Jefferson, I know he's competing for a spot. We didn't see too much of Craig Reynolds if, at all um, in that game. So mm-hmm. it seems like they're trying to let those two dudes kind of battle it out and some other guys in the mix here with Benny Snell, got some, sna- got some snaps there. So running back picture, you know, we'll see. There, there's definitely some dudes that are vying for maybe a final spot if they keep four running backs, um, maybe a chance to stick around the practice squad. But I agree. Ibrahim is like the one to me that if you run the risk of putting him on the practice squad and trying to do that, like some team might scoop him up because they know how productive he was in college. They know that he can create this role as a short yardage back in the NFL. And a lot of teams are looking for guys like that. So we'll see. He's young and hungry and all this. He's got room to grow and all. he's got to stay healthy, though. And that's the one. He's already hurt. That's not a good sign. But we'll see how that progresses. We touched on uh, the receivers a little bit. Um the tight ends, uh, Mitchell is, Mitchell. you know, a guy that I wrote down earlier in the week on Tuesday, I think it was, he was out there with the ones in some of the red zone stuff, right, um, and some of the run drills, and he was doing fine. 
And I was like, okay, like he's doing fine. He's hanging in here. If if we could see him do a little bit more with his hands, I like where we're going. And then last night, you see him with the three catches for 50, whatever it was, or was it 60? I don't even know what it was. A good day for James Mitchell. And all I could think was, you looked at him running around, you're like, okay, this guy's dropped weight in the right places. He's gotten stronger in the right places. You can, he's, he's healthy fully. You can see the flexibility that he has when he gets, I'm talking like body flexibility, athletic flexibility, when he gets on like a linebacker. Him and Laporta, if they can keep eating their Wheaties, uh, this, <laughs> Mitchell, I think, could be really good. Like, I think he could outperform his slot by a bit. Um, I have liked him, I liked him a ton in college. And I think a lot of people just were late on him because he got hurt. And it was one of these things where if you can just get him through a year and a half, you know, without a setback, which I think has happened here, okay. Like, and man alive, yeah, he looked pretty good, did he not? And he got a lot of reps out there. I think he played he like 50-plus or somewhere yeah. there. He got a lot of snaps. You know, I thought they actually played Laporta more than I thought they were going to play him. But Mitchell yeah, came in right after him, got a lot of snaps. I think he finished with uh, three catches on three targets for – 53 yards, I think, is what he finished with. And, Something uh, like that, yeah. Yeah, his, the highlight was a 32-yard kind of catch and run. And I'm like, all right, now he can move a little bit. People, I feel like people mm-hmm. kind of underestimate his they did. speed a little bit. Um, he has, he's not like as elusive as Laporta, but he can run. Like, Don't underestimate that part of his game. He's, he's um, quick. He's got, ag- he's got agility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mitchell, yeah, I, thought, I put him in my risers list. I thought he had a good day. Um, you know, Laporta... He had the drop. I would have liked to see him make that catch. That's a catch that he's been making, you know, all yeah, of training right, camp. Exactly. And we've been talking this dude up. And then the one time that he has a chance to kind of make a play, <laughs> he disappoints us. <laughs> but no, he's... Except we look bad. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be just fine. Um, Detroit's got a couple of really solid young tight ends. And, you know, even when Mitchell was drafted, I know he had the ACL injury coming out of uh, Virginia Tech, right? That's where he went? Correct. Yeah. Um, I wonder, where do you think he would have gone if, if not for that injury? Third, fourth so he's a round, maybe? fifth round guy. Yeah, he would have fifth been day pick. two. Um, yeah, he would have been day two for sure because yeah, he slipped to the fifth. And uh, I mean, if he hadn't had that ACL, we would have seen. Yeah, we would have seen the testing, everything else. Yeah, I think it would have been a day two pick, not higher, but like right. You know, that's what that's what I see when I look at those guys. I see two. I think day two tight end. When I think of a day two tight end, that's a starting tight end that can make plays and play for a long time. And no, that's no. two of them right there. They've that, got that two. Feels like to me. That's going to be a really good duo for years to come if they stick around. So yeah. uh, really, really intrigued about what they have going on at that tight end room right now. Absolutely. I mean, like Brock Wright is not a toss-in throwaway guy, and I always end up like feeling like I diss Brock Wright in these conversations because <laughs> I always forget about him. But like he's one of the steadiest guys on the team. And, you know, we've had a lot of questions about like how many tight ends or fullbacks or whatever would they not or would they keep. I'm like some of these guys are super important. And all three of those guys are going to play a ton this year. But Mitchell and Laporta obviously are the ones who uh, I think can really make the offense uh, take off. The offensive line, uh, yeah, I mean, this always happens in the in the preseason. This is just how it goes. This is the NFL. Nobody really has depth, uh, especially the teams that have good offensive lines. They typically just pay the guys that are starting. <laughs> and so you do this. But, so, Sorsdahl is obviously the one that you're watching the most probably – of that second group. They've already cut Logan Stenberg, which I think, you know, tells you right there. We talked about that in the first week of pads. Solzdahl looked like he was hanging. That's probably bad news for Logan, and it immediately was. Uh, in this game, I think you saw probably some of that. I don't I don't think it was bad for him necessarily in there. Uh, you know, they had an injury at center. 
Uh, and he was able to sort of like help uh, Cecil come in there, who I don't think he's played much at all. So, uh, yeah. not terrible. They ran the ball for almost 100 yards. I mean, you know, they, they did some things up front. It wasn't a disaster. And I think that most of all, they're going to have issues with pass protection every single time in preseason, just how it is. If you can run the ball a little bit, like that means you're finding guys that are doing okay. I think Fraley and their ability to ID offensive linemen is really good because they don't really bring guys in here often off the street that can't give you something, and especially inside. And a lot of these interior guys, again, uh, I think had, have had nice weeks. And then, again, I think we're okay yesterday. Yeah, I will say, you, you mentioned pass blocking. That was that was pretty rough last night. Yeah, that's never going to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on both sides, it's pretty rough. I'll say that. I mean, the Lions had like yeah. 17 sacks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, Sorzo, I thought, held his own in that one. Matt Nelson was really, like, an issue for me. And I'm watching the yes. second string offensive line. I keep going back to Dan Campbell's comments where he's like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it positive. I wouldn't call it negative. It just kind of is what it is. You know, we're looking for that second wave to emerge. And, like, yeah, still not sure if that happened. Um, and I start to wonder more and more as we get along when these performances start to stack up from the second unit if the Lions look at adding maybe a, another body before uh, before preseason ends, you know, uh, before the season starts. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a trade for a late-round guy that's about to get cut that can maybe help you at tackle or just another guy that you can claim from another, another roster. So I kind of wonder about that because I'm not really sold on Matt Nelson as sort of the third offensive tackle. That no. even on that, that first sack, he he kind of gave up that pressure to Sudfeld that he was hit as he threw, you know, the interception. So yeah. not a good night. I put him on my followers list. So second second unit overall, yeah, they did some nice things in the run game, but I do kind of have concerns there. I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. And I would agree with you there. Like Nelson last year was sort of their jumbo um lineman, right? He and they the love him in that role. Hit. Yes. And yeah, but I would also argue, okay, that's cool. That they love him in that role, but like, does that necessarily? What if Sorzdal could play that role? So then you kill two right. birds with one stone, and if and if and if Nelson isn't getting it done, you know, it, as a backup tackle, I mean, we know this from math. You're going to need a backup tackle at some point yeah. in the season. It's just going to have to happen. One of these guys is going to have to play, and ideally, you'd like to get through it without like last year where they were having Skipper play guard for God's sake, like in some of these yeah. games. Like, ideally, you'd like to have more functioning yes you're right but like this is sort of the rub of every nfl team at this point in camp like every, most nfl teams at this point in camp are like man we could really use another tackle <laughs> because right. our tackles are shit <laughs> but so i think but, that i want to see i haven't watched all the coaches tape yet i want to see how easy obina Ize, easy whatever i want to see how he looks at the end of preseason yeah. because i think i we have seen a couple of decent I don't want to flashes a couple of nice things from him in the first couple of weeks that that were not there a year ago. And this was a He's guy that, off. if you remember back, yeah, if you remember back, he was raw. I mean, he was like a ball of clay. He had barely been taught. He was like totally raw when they got him. Um, he had to learn everything, like how to work, how to bottom everything. And but the the traits and everything were intriguing enough to keep him. Now it's year two. You can tell that he's changed his body. He's got himself in much better shape. Uh, I saw he got the flag yesterday for releasing too early on that screen, but he was hauling ass down there to like a safety, and he's like six seven or whatever. He's big. If that guy could figure it out, okay. But like, I don't know if he's quite figured it out yet. I mean, I thought he was probably better than Nelson, or at least as as okay as was okay 
which has to be encouraging. I'd like to go back and look at it again, but that's the guy that I think maybe you'd like to take off. But I, I agree with you, Colton. Like if if they go back out there, you'd expect better from Nelson. I would think in a, yeah. in, a in an outing like that. He's played in NFL games before. My yeah. thing is, it, it's like this in in practice when he's going up against Hutch, and you know Hutch is a different dude. Right. But really, anyone that's out there, that second string, you know, defensive line is even beating him out there. Um, yep. He goes on the preseason game. He doesn't look good. So if you're really only keeping him as sort of this jumbo extra lineman type of deal, you're telling me there's no one else that can do that and also give you some extra juice as a backup. Like I'm not exactly. Maybe that maybe that is the case. There I'm are. sure they love nothing more than Obina to kind of take that role. But if he's not ready, then they got to go with what what they have. So I understand if they end up do keeping Nelson, but I just kind of wonder. And maybe if it gets to that point in the game. You know, Vitae's played tackle before. Maybe you kick him out if, like, Decker, Sewell, Sewell go down, and then you yeah. put Graham in at guard. So maybe that's the case. But I do kind of wonder what they do there. Worried. Right. I don't think they get too worried about it because, like you just said, they got so many guys. They got six starters, essentially, yeah. already. But, like, I mean, I never can tell sometimes, though, because, like, Paul, Darren Paolo is still here in camp. He is. And that guy has been here a long time, and he has had some rough days in the preseason in years past and he's still here <laughs> god love him so they, i don't know sometimes guys I, I don't know if it's just like a fit where they like the guy and they're like hey, we love the guy so we like him in here you know and yep. it's like we just got to get through the season with our friends so whatever and i think that the, the backup offensive line is always like the worst thing in preseason just is what it is like i'm not sure if i've ever seen a good backup offensive line in the nfl but <laughs> sure philly has one yeah yeah sort of, yeah philly yes they do they have cam jurgens Actually, so they do absolutely have a good backup offensive line. Um, okay, so if we flip this thing around to the other side of the ball, and we start with the defensive front here, and take into the account what we just talked about, uh, how you're playing against backup linemen, and the Giants did the same thing the Lions did. Okay, though, um, they still got five sacks, and Julian Aquara, who we've talked about as a guy, and I'm sure he was on your risers list, I know he was actually, and we talk about a guy who is going to be... He was out in the last 53 that we talked about. Yep. This is a super competitive... And this is why that's what my original point of the day. Like, the Lions won a preseason game. It's whatever. Nobody cares. But they won kind of a sloppy, blah, whatever preseason game because they have way better... They have more good players than the Giants. They have depth. They have better yep. depth. And this was an example of that. A guy who might not make the team looked <laughs> awesome. And if they Three cut stacks. him... like. Yeah. He's going to have a chance to go somewhere else. And it's he's not the only one. And, like, that's the difference. So we go with Julian. Big day for Julian. Big day for the whole front, really. But uh, Julian with a nice one. He absolutely needed that. And, you know, the coaches, I don't know if it was Campbell or, or Aaron Glenn, but one of them said that he needs to be more consistent. And mm-hmm. how about that for an effort there when, is. when the lights are on, right? Like three sacks. And I know, yeah, you can say it's against third stringers, but he needed an effort like that. Um, he needed some momentum. And I think this is a win-win for the Lions. You know why? They've got the depth already, so that's the tough part for Julian. Like, mm-hmm. they've got six edges probably that are ahead of him on that on that yes. pecking order. So, for me, it's like you want him to have a great preseason, regardless of whether you're trying to keep him or not. If you if he plays out, if he balls out here in preseason, plays well, maybe you can find a spot for him on the roster. I know he can play a little Sam linebacker too, so maybe that versatility gets him on the roster. If not, and he still has three sack performances every now and then this preseason, then all of a sudden you can call up another team that's maybe maybe edge needy and need some pass rush juice, and you say, hey, give me a six-round pick. We'll make this deal, right? Get some, yeah, get, some right. get an extra draft capital, get some extra picks. Um, 
So I think that was sort of the benefit for the Lions. It's a win-win whenever Julian is, is playing like this. And for him, it was a good confidence booster. Um, he was setting stuff up for others. I think on Romeo's sack, he kind of helped him there too. So, yeah. I mean, if he's playing like that, that's encouraging. I, I'm not sure what it means for his future because, again, there's so many dudes. They have Aiden. They have Charles. They have Romeo. They have, they have Kaminsky, Josh Paschal, um, James Houston, like six dudes that we're talking about here. But at the same time, um, you can't deny a, a three-sack performance, and whether it's a preseason game or not, like that's, that's going to get you noticed a little bit. The weirdest part about this whole thing is I feel like it, it's, him and, it's him or Romeo. <laughs> it's like it's brother <laughs> against brother. That's what it feels like. It feels like that's – and I would not take him over Romeo because Romeo is a much better run defender and a far more consistent everything in general. But like if you talk about the rest of the guys we just said, they're not cutting anybody else before you get to Julian. And you're probably not cutting Romeo. Are you gonna keep? And you could keep seven. Like that's a hundred percent. Like you said, Colton. Like the, the Houston can play a couple other spots too. You've got some versatility there. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna shake out. But like, it just got a little more difficult, you know, for Absolutely. them. And I think that that's exactly what you want to see. Uh, answering the bell, like somebody asked about. I was there earlier in camp, like the second week, when uh, somebody asked about Julian and Ag was like, nobody gets grandfathered in here, okay? <laughs> and that was the end of the answer. And you're like, yeah. wow, okay, he hasn't had a great camp and he you know it, it was quiet until he shows up yesterday and makes three big three big plays so that was good to see but he wasn't the only one and that's the other part here where you know we saw Broderick Martin making plays Levi made plays oh my that? god like, I that? mean like so you saw a lot of guys uh making plays in there and at the end of the night I'm just sort of looking at the sheet and I'm like they ha- possibly have a very deep group here all of a sudden that you know maybe not like the best in the league but like Every guy that they're going to rotate out there would be a guy that you trust and a guy that you think you can count on, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. How about Levi? Can we talk about him for a sec? Man, a lot. yeah, for sure. This is a guy I had been watching a little bit. Um, you know, they kind of brought him in along slowly to start training camp, and then they worked him into some team stuff. Uh, he was mostly repping with the third team. I don't know if people realize that. Like, mm-hmm. not even the second string, really. Got And then as camp progressed, he got a few more snaps here and there with the second team. And then he gets out there in the preseason, you're like, all right, let's just get him in a game setting, see what he can do. I thought he had a pretty solid day. Um, he was involved in that, uh, was it the fourth down stop when Campbell was in the mix? Yep. He had that initial Jack, yep. you know, breakthrough, some, some disruption there, and then helped the linebackers clean things up at the end. And, you know, if he can perform like this a little bit, like starts to get some confidence, you know, I'm not sure where he is on that pecking order right now. I think they'll probably keep him on the 53-man roster, but it's not like selfie. it's not like a lock. But games like right. this get you closer, and if you can still flash because they're you know they spent a second-round pick on you, they they want to invest in you and see what you can do. So I imagine they'll try to keep him around. But he did have work to do going into this game. I thought he helped himself. That's why um, you know I probably should have mentioned him on my risers list. He didn't make the list, but um, I was still you know I opened. Eyes open a little bit watching him play a little bit last yeah. night. So that was that was a good effort. I, it was really cool to see like him finally healthy, and it, we did see it a little bit his first year, but it was so rare. And even when we did see him out there, he was coming off something or whatever it always seemed like. But like, yeah, it was good to see, and like I think you could sort of see it. Like, it's backups against backups, so it's whatever, right? Yeah. And the situation is what it is. Like a couple years ago, this team was still getting Swiss cheese against everybody they tried to run defend. Now, even even last year at times. Um, now you can put the backups in, and you've got some athletes that can make some plays. You've got some guys that can get down there and reach back. You know, we, we've talked uh, – they've talked a little bit about 
changing their uh, run defense or gap and a half a lot more now. They've got guys that can be athletic and can help out the linebackers. You see what that does for Jack Campbell and those guys. It makes them look better. Uh, yeah, I just the, the the depth there suddenly it always does this though, and it's like guys have to stay healthy. And I guess that's the thing. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because every time I feel like I'm about to say the Lions are going to have depth up front on the defensive line, it's like eight, four guys get hurt. <laughs> they like, don't have like any, week four. So it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. over. But right now, man, like uh, even Benito Jones, who yeah, can't, they can't get rid of that guy. Like he's back again making, and he had a great week too in uh, in camp. Or I'm sorry, in yep. the in the uh, joint, practice. joint practice. Like a lot of guys in here right now, up front, all over the place. No doubt. It, it, was, it was really interesting kind of putting together the risers and followers list because I'm like, this is really one-sided towards the risers, and it's I feel weird writing this, but that's just what I saw out there. You know, a lot of dudes, especially yeah. on defense, that were like James Houston. I don't think he had a tackle in the game, but he was all over the he place. Had a nice. He yep. had a couple of really nice pressures. Yep. Just you know, I think on the, I think it was the <clears throat> when Campbell was covering Eric Gray in coverage. Uh, he kind of forced Devito to kind of roll out of the pocket. Um, so Houston was after him and just forced like a throw on the run mm-hmm. and bad bad toss there. So. You saw his impact in, in limited snaps there, and um, yeah, Romeo showed out. Julian Benito Jones, I thought uh, uh, Covington did some nice things. So there's some, did, there's, yeah. some there's some depth over here, man. It's uh we've been talking about for yeah, a little bit, but now that you see it in a game setting, it's cool to see. Yeah, it is looking good, and that's without the guys that are going to be starting, uh, right. you know, obviously in time. Uh, linebackers also super interesting and looked good. Uh, quite frankly, uh, Derek Barnes gets a start, which is not a surprise. Had a great week. Derek Barnes had a terrific week. In, I'm yep. a little surprised. I guess I'm not surprised because he still probably needs to prove it a little bit. But I was almost like to a point like I was like kind of surprised I didn't sit him. Because, but like you know he did have a really good week and it's been a really good start to camp for him. And it does feel like everything for Derek Barnes. And he kind of said this at the beginning of camp. He was like, "It's it has slowed down. You guys can believe me or not. Like I think I believe him because he's playing really well right now." Yeah. Barnes has been really impressive, and you talk to any coach, they say, yeah, like the football IQ side is what's really starting to show. Like, he was always a good exactly. athlete. He could always move. He could always run. But now when I see – Shep was like, when I see Derek Barnes controlling the defensive line, telling them what to do, and I see him, like, communicating with the secondary, I'm like, okay, a light's on. Like, I see it now. Mm-hmm. He understands what we want him to do. He understands the why, not just the what. Um, so that's what you want to see from a third-year linebacker, and – he was getting the bulk of the first team work uh, in joint practices. They go out there and they start him for this preseason game, and he plays a decent amount of snaps and uh, perform well, I thought. Um, I thought Malcolm Rodriguez just continues to be Malcolm Rodriguez and make plays, and um, <laughs> you see the instincts. They're still there. They haven't gone anywhere. And I'm watching that game, and I'm like, Malcolm's not going to start this year, but he's going to play a lot of football, and he's probably going to be one of the yeah. best reserve linebackers in the NFL. Um that's just what I see. He's the dude fine. that you yeah. can trust and you can put out there if there's an injury. You're like, no problem. Rodrigo's there. Um, mm-hmm. And that's – I know a lot of people might not understand why a guy that was so hyped up last year and we saw him on Hard Knocks and all this stuff, they might not, not see the, the bigger picture there. But, you know, the Lions wanted to improve their linebacker room. They went out and they drafted Jack Campbell for a reason. He's going to start eventually, whether it's week one or later in the season. Um, they've got Alex Anzalone. He's a veteran they like. They've got Derek Barnes who's still around making some noise, and Rodriguez. And that's, mm-hmm. more than anything, having that depth, a top four that you can trust, is so important when you're trying to revamp your defense, when you're trying to go from worst in the league to 
even middle of the pack. If they get middle of the pack with that offense, Absolutely. that's a damn good football team. So I wouldn't really stress who's starting, who's not, because all four of these guys are going to be on the field. They're all going to be playing a lot. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, and it's really interesting because like they're in a really good spot to possibly just Whenever Anzalone, it's time to say goodbye, and you know everybody gets mad about his contract all the time. But like, there's a reason why they like him. You know, he is a he's very good with young players. He's been terrific with Barnes. He has been a huge help with uh, with Shepard. There, he'd tell you the same thing. Like they they do like his influence on the younger guys, and you can understand that. But whenever it is time for him to go, you know that is a great trio possibly that you have now. You have Campbell, Barnes, who are two guys who can. You know, both command the middle, they can both play the mic or the will, and both guys can go up, line up on the line of scrimmage, and pass rush if you want them to. Uh, Malcolm is probably always going to be more of a weak side guy or whatever. He's a little bit more limited in what he can do with his size. But all of these guys can run, most importantly. All of them can chase. And all of them, if somebody gets hurt, could start a game and play, start 16 games, basically, whatever, right? Like, that's yep. essentially what you have here. And uh, I think it's a really good, it means you've, Possibly, if if Campbell hits and if Barnes can make his make his move here, you've hit on three draft picks too. That's what you want. So, it continues to be a really fascinating thing. But you know, talk about Jack Campbell too, because uh, you know he just doesn't slow down at this. I mean, it just keeps getting better every day. And not that there was any real issues to begin with with this guy. I mean, you know, what I mean, like he's just had a really good camp to the surprise of no one. And I think that uh, he's going to be a guy this season that is going to have a really good rookie year. And people are going to feel however they want to feel about why the Lions drafted him. And some people are going to probably talk shit about how good he played at the end of the season, but it is what it is. I don't know. We'll see. Your thoughts on Jack Campbell? Really nice day. Really nice week, I'll say that. Um, he did. And the Lions were bringing him along slowly, you know, for joint practices. Like I said, Barnes is getting a lot of the first team reps, but that to me felt like, you know, Barnes earned that, right? And, and had sort of the Absolutely. seniority over Campbell. So I think that's why they put him out there. But... I thought Campbell had a solid week. Um, he gets out there in the preseason game and, you know, his limited snaps. I thought he looked pretty damn good, man. Like, again, running stride for stride with Eric Gray during that route. Um, broke up a pass there. Uh, he had a couple of uh, third and fourth down stops that he was involved in. Just kind of shed a blocker, finds the ball, gets to the hole, makes a tackle. Like, that's what you want to see from him. His, his length, that's what I saw. When I saw him extend his arms and shed an offensive tackle and just kind of get to the get to the ball, I'm like, exactly. This guy's this guy's ready. He can play. Um, that's why you draft him. He it, to me is a plug and play guy. He might have some growing pains along the way. He's a rookie. It's not gonna be perfect. Don't expect him to be like Luke Kuechly, you know, from the jump. But yeah, right. No, uh, yeah. He can help this team like immediately. And um, I saw him on that drive. He, that was probably one of my takeaways. I think I had him on the on the risers list. Him and, and Gibbs, the first rounders. You're just seeing why the Lions drafted them. Um, they didn't play a lot, but you saw the flashes. You saw the talent. You saw the skill set. It was all there, just on a limited basis. So, you know, again, you need more reps. He said it was good to kind of get his feet wet out there and just kind of the, the work. The week of practice was really good for him, I thought, and it kind of carried over into the preseason game to a point where once he was out there, he felt comfortable. He's the guy that's probably going to be pretty hard on himself in his career. He's just kind of pretty serious. So, yeah. And, you know, coaches say that, right after practice he wants to like watch film and they're like whoa like chill dude like practice just ended like give it like an hour before you hit the film room just because he's trying to work on whatever mistake he made so that's there's some good and bad in that right like it's good that you want to see yeah. that you see the work ethic but it's you know don't be too hard on yourself you're a rookie man so uh the fact right. that he got his feet wet in a preseason game um felt good about his effort you know 
first good first step. That's what Campbell said right after the game. Good first step. It was a good first step, but I think that that that's exactly what you want from the spot because if we look back a couple of years ago, everybody poo-poos this the linebacker. Oh, no, nobody cares. Nobody wants to pay him and whatever. It's the same thing with the other side. But like, if your linebackers are bad, your defense sucks. They, it, I'm sorry, it just does. Like yep. that's the reality of life. Like, and you you pay them whenever you want to pay them, draft them wherever you want to draft them. If they aren't good, you suck as a defense. You can't do anything. You you have this big gaping hole in the middle. You can be a great pass rushing team that shuts everybody down, and you're still leaking somehow. I've seen the Lions do it a time and time again. So for right now, for them to have that many good young talented, you know, players in there who I think all of them could be guys that. In two or three years, you look at it and you say, maybe we do find a way to keep him around. I don't know. One of them could could do that. I don't know what the contract ends up looking like, but like it's been a good uh, a good week. And I was the other thing I was going to say, Campbell on. I didn't watch the uh, defense as much on Wednesday, but on Tuesday, uh, he looked great. I'm too, I'm in especially in run drills. He had no problem with the Giants' first team uh, offensive line. Was fitting everything right off the edge like he's supposed to. I didn't see him making too many mistakes in terms of where to go. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know who's starting where or whatever if a real game happened, but I think Jack Campbell would be in there pretty quick. I don't think it would be too long, and he'd be no. probably on the field. I don't know about the first snap, but I don't not know about that either when, at the end of the day. To me, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter because, yeah. like, they have at least four guys that can play. And yeah, even no, Jalen Reeves-Maven had some good plays. Like, they probably trust five Ds in that room right now. So mm-hmm. they're all going to play – I don't care who's out there for the first snap, who's out there for the second snap, who's out there for the 60th snap. Like, as long as they're getting good production from these four guys, let it play out, and you might have a solid defense on your hands. Another guy who's going to get snaps, uh, Brian Branch, uh, in the secondary <laughs> there, who oh, yeah. was out there until, well, like a series and still made his presence known. <laughs> and uh, he has had a terrific camp. He was great when they first put pads on, like on the first day. When they were doing one on ones, uh, he was he was great this week in uh, joint practices. He's had no problem picking anything up, and Golden. It's to a point where I actually wonder if he's in front of Walker, yeah, um, or if he's at least pushing that because like he's really good, and I don't know he might be out there on the <laughs> on the first snap when the season starts. It wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. Like I don't know. Like, Tracy is, uh, they like him, and I don't know, but, like, that's the role that I feel like Brian Branch could play, no problem, and probably do it better, especially in man coverage. So this is probably what Aaron Glenn was talking about, about uh, us not making too much of exactly snaps in practice and whatnot. Yeah. But it's hard not to draw a conclusion when you see Brian Branch out there with his first-team <laughs> defense for, like, four days in a row. Blowing in people up. Just blowing people up, making plays, <laughs> diving, breaking up passes. There's nothing he can't do on the field. And then you put him out there, his first taste of preseason action, he just completely blows up a play. And you're just like, all right, man, good luck keeping this guy off the field. Because, like, yeah, it gets to a point where the Lions' best defense right now might be Kirby Joseph and C.J. Gardner-Johnson at safety. Now, Kirby, we know he's a ball hawk. Lions fans know that. Mm -hmm. C.J. had six interceptions as a safety for the Eagles last year. He led the league in picks. So you have two ball hawks out there in your secondary deep playing safety. And then you have a guy like Brian Branch. So if you're looking for, okay, who's our third DB in that backfield? You know, we got the two corners on the outside. Who's going to be in the middle there at, at nickel? That's not Tracy's role. Tracy's a safety. So 
Branch was drafted as a nickel. He played that role at Alabama. It was really good for Nick Saban starting as a freshman. Now he gets to the NFL. He looks the part. He's making all these plays. You can't. T- he's to a point where if you take him off the field, you know your play might suffer a little bit. So branches look right. really good in practice. And if that's if you're looking to field your best five, regardless of who's been around, regardless of seniority, whatever else plays into it, your best five right now might be Branch at nickel, Gardner Johnson and Kirby at, at safety, and then the two outside corners. So. I don't know, man. I, again, you don't want to draw too many conclusions, but Branch looks really good. Regardless, he looks ready to go, whether he's starting or not. Because, again, kind of like linebacker, Tracy's going to play a lot. Branch's going to play a lot. You, might, not, might not even be best to give him roles right now and define roles and titles. Just let these DBs kind of play it out because they're all going to see the right. field. And um, I, But I've been really impressed with Branch and what he's been able to do. Yeah, I think that that's the best way to say it. Like, uh, if they did put five, had to go and say, who's your top five tomorrow, gun to your head, Branch would probably be in it. I think he absolutely would be in it um, over Tracy. But neither one of those guys is going to play the full load of the defense uh, in in a game. And I think the other thing to remember is that uh, a lot of teams end up playing their free safety like the whole game. They never take him off the field, right? Like he just never goes off the field. And sometimes when you move guys around a lot and disguise and ask guys to fit the run – like, you got to be able to rotate a little bit, like, and be okay with that. And, like, that's where I think Tracy Walker's value to the team it, it lives. Because I think he will end up getting a lot of snaps this year. Pr- probably not, like, as much as he did when he was a starter. But it'll be fair. It'll be a contributing level snap guy. It'll be out there. Yeah. Probably similar to whatever Branch gets. And I also think it'll mean that CJ snaps, you can take him down. And Kirby snaps, you can take him down so that when you get into money time late in the season, you don't have to just be out there, you know, gluing these guys together. If one of them becomes, like if uh, Kirby becomes a Ed Reed or something, and you, you know, okay, <laughs> fine, don't ever take him off the field. But, like, yeah. that's not the case right now. You know, these guys, it's okay to give them a blow sometimes. And I, I know that a lot of coaches fall in love with, I can't trust any of these guys. You know, so I'm only going to, the one guy I can trust, I'm leaving him out there 75 goddamn snaps. And at the end of the game, let's hope he can walk off the field. That's what <laughs> happens a lot in the NFL. And I think that what we're now seeing is at least Aaron Glenn has um, three and a half, maybe four guys somewhere in there that at safety that he's like, I, I'm fine with all of them. If we're, yeah. if we're throwing, I'm not going to like lose sleep if they're in there. And we can rotate and we can be fresher. And I think that that's probably the idea for what this group is right now is that you can be dynamic, but also like nobody's burning out. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Yeah. You can manage the workload and you can be versatile and you can show different looks based on the situation that's in front of you. So to me, we've been talking about that, like how versatile, how, how many different looks you can show them with the secondary. You can have CJ at nickel. You can have branch at nickel. You can have CJ at safety. You can have Tracy at safety. Kirby is to me is like the one piece that doesn't move. Um, You just keep him back here, back there and let him operate. Let him, let him pick off some passes. And, do his thing but the rest of the guys you know they can move him around and you know say hey Tracy we want you on this play you're gonna get like 40 snaps in this game branch you're gonna get 40 mm-hmm. you know maybe that's maybe that's how you do it 50 50 between those two at different spots and if that's the case you can have a pretty good defense there and yeah. again you're gonna have the depth there if someone goes down you feel good about the next guy coming up so yeah they've done well to kind of revamp the secondary with the pieces they have and, and it's, it's happened in short order it's kind of crazy how quickly Remember, I was on the beat two years ago, but just following you and Nick, or you, sorry, really you and Chris, um, yeah. it was bad. You guys were talking about the really bad the secondary and how it needed some work, and now it feels like it's in a, a way better spot. 
I'm still like the corners. Uh, Sutton, I think, is uh, going to be fine. Um, we'll see about Mosley, and we'll see how it all shakes out. But like, I feel like they're getting enough. They're getting enough from all their corners. I feel like it's not been something where guys are getting destroyed every day, or it's been a disaster. Like you got to then another young guy like Sterling Thomas who continues to fight and scrap. Um, looks like Savion Smith is playing corner and safety, so some guys are trying to do both. Like they've got a lot of yeah, like to your point, it's again, it's a lot of young guys who they're not going to like panic about if they have to go out there, and they're like, oh, I don't know where I'm at, or I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know where I'm going. Which sort of leads me into my final question here, as we as we sit, like my biggest takeaway after like the second day of pads was this was the deepest group that Campbell's had, and I am only reaffirmed after this week of having gone out there twice and then seeing this preseason game. Um, they. I don't know how many guys you could say this for, but they're going to cut guys this year that are going to be able to make a team somewhere else. And, you know, we just talked about a bunch of them probably (laughs) that aren't going to make it because that's real depth. And I think that that's what I've been trying to say this whole offseason. Like, this is not a group that has really anything on it that, like, other than a couple of these really, like, Sewell, Aiden, are your flashy pieces. There is no, like... Oh my God, look at this. Like, they just have a shitload of really good young football players. And when you look up at the end of the day, it's like when they come at you with waves and they're healthy and they're all bought in, like, Wednesday, they dominated, or uh, Tuesday, they dominated the whole day. Like, they, Wednesday was not their best day, but Tuesday, they just totally wiped yeah. the floor with the Giants the entire day. And I think no that was the day that I was like, man, they have real depth. They have guys on this team that could play on the other team right now and start, or like be better than the guy that whatever his job is, you know, vice versa. Like that's what I took away from the week. And I'm curious on your takeaways uh, from the week in general, because you were there last year too in Indy when they're going up against a bad team, mind you. And we think the Giants are probably going to be okay, right? Like a a solid club. Yeah, that's good And And last year was not quite this. This was a little different, I, I thought. And, um... I don't know, your thoughts on, on the week in general. Yeah, what a difference a year makes. I remember being in India and you're like, is this Colts team good? They don't look good, but like they also look better than the Lions, so maybe the Lions are just bad. Yeah. <laughs> you're like like Matt Ryan's like fifty seven years old out here and he's still like dicing up yeah. the secondary and just like I don't know about this. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> but this year it's like I I I think I wrote that in my story, but like the secondary, the secondary looks so much better. They're like you're, we're, it's to a point where you're not wondering like, all right, who's going to be CB one or you know is is Akuda ready to go? Can he actually play in the NFL? You're like, all right, no, who's going to be the sixth cornerback on this team? You know, like is yeah, Sterling Thomas right. going to make it? Like, you, it's different questions. It's questions about you know the last fifty, fifty three, fifty two, fifty one, fifty. Like those mm-hmm. those parts of the roster. That's where the questions are. You feel pretty good about the top forty five or so, you know, and that's. That, to me, is a sign of a good team. You kind of know where you're at now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're looking around the field and, and joint practices, and you're like, okay, yeah, Sam LaPorter's making plays. Um, Gibbs looks good. Campbell looks solid. Um, Project Martin's blowing stuff up. Um, Branch is making plays with the first-team defense. Uh, even second-year guys, like Aiden's taking a step forward. Um, you know, exactly. so all over the field, you're looking, you're looking around, and you're just like, they're, and I kind of felt this way last year too, as the season was progressing. I was like, a lot of like their best players might be like rookies and sophomores, and now it's work, rookies, yeah. sophomores, and, and and juniors that are like kind of their best mm-hmm. players right now. So it's like that's a testament to what Brad Holmes has done in the draft, the team that they built, the way they built it, the type of mindset they wanted, 
and they went out and targeted in the draft, like these guys that aren't going to complain, they're going to go out and they're, they're going to do their job, they're going to put in the work, they're not going to complain about anything. Like that's sort of how they built this team, and you're seeing like the effects come together in year three. And it's it's a cool thing to watch come together when you're out there. Um, now, again, these guys are young, but I do think that they're, they got a good head on their shoulders and, um, you know, they're going to come along and learn in the NFL and they're giving them every opportunity to do so. So it's starting to come together, man. I'll say that. It is like the hardest part about rebuilding at the bottom, like when you're all the way down to the ground to the studs, as we always, always say, is that your 53 man roster, because that's the point to remember. A lot of people, you know, you think about it like a college team, right? You get the 85, like it's not the same. You don't get to have five backups all over the place, right? You, it's 53. So, but the difference is everybody has 53, and everybody's roster is stacked and loaded. And when you're down to the studs, your 53 has to have, basically by default, because you're trying to bring young guys along, probably like 7 to 10 free passes on it, right? When I say free pass, like that's like 5 to 7, maybe 10 guys that you can't reasonably expect to do anything for you when a game starts. Like, yeah. But he has to be on the 53 or you're going to lose him. Right. And maybe that's a too high of a number, but for the Lions, two years ago, that's what it was. They, it was like most of the defense, except for the guys they drafted or had immediately signed, got like a free pass because they played hard and competed and like gave all they had, and that's why they made the team, right? And like that, that yeah. is not what we're seeing now. That we're, we are seeing uh, a very different situation, and that's obviously the idea at the start. These guys develop, and then the next year suddenly, you know, it, it, the free passes go down. Now we look at it and say. There's not going to be one. There's, there will not be one free pass on this football team. Every guy that makes this team will be able to walk out on the field, start, hold a job, and play the whole game. And, the, and they would have no problem with it. And the fall off, obviously from starter to backup, it happens. But it's not going to be some of these, you know, off a cliff situations that we've seen in, in years past. Like, that's the idea. Now, the best teams in the league, like the Eagles, you look across their 53 and it's like, well, my God, you've got... 40 guys who you could trade like the lions yeah. don't have that no. but like every guy that you're walking out there like tracy walker is such a good example because he is now what he should be he's a really good role player on a, on a defense that substitutes and plays sub package stuff and he was never more than that he was never more than that when they were trying to make him like the anchor free safety for the whole team and play 80 snaps a game and it was wearing him out and he was having confidence issues nothing worked now he's in a great spot, and he's going to be fine with it. Play your role, do your job. Everybody has a role. Everybody will have a part when everybody can play. And, like, I feel like they're finally at that point where that's what a playoff roster is. You're not there's, you're not keeping anybody on the boat that can't help you make a playoff game. That's what it's going to be when, the, when however, well, September 1st, whatever the hell day it is, when they have to make the final cuts. I'd be shocked if we see anything different because they really do, for the first time since Dan Campbell and Holmes have gotten here, and for the first time since I've been covering the Lions, they have depth that would resemble a playoff roster. The Patricia years, they used to lie and say they thought they did. It was complete bullshit. They never did. Like, it was always like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. This actually, you can see it when you go out there and you watch them go against other guys. Especially, and that's what the value, when some people like me and you, when we watch these preseason games, when you watch the third and fourth quarter, they're not meaningless because you can tell who has the better roster. Like, yep. whoever is still, like, able to run the ball and function in the third and fourth quarter and not look like it's a clown car is probably better. And I think that the Lions, I think all week we sort of saw that. You know, Wednesday was the defense had some rough rough stretches there, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, they brought in guys to kind of kick everyone down a peg, whether it's 
what we see at quarterback. You, you bring in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, you kick down Nate Sudfeld. Now you have some good depth. You bring in a guy like Jack Campbell to start alongside Alex Anzalone. Now a six-round pick like Malcolm that you were getting great value at, you know, for as this sort of six-round pick um, that was starting for you last year. Now you're more comfortable with him as the third guy or the fourth guy. That's still going to play a lot. You can trust him in a reserve role. He's going to play a lot of special teams. But you don't have to rely on him to be a starter. Maybe that's not the best fit for him anyway. But you feel really good about that depth. You know, you just mentioned Tracy, his situation with the secondary. So now I'm looking around the field. I'm like, I'm looking around the roster, and you're like, they have these players that were starting for them a year ago that are now depth pieces. And that just makes the team so much better. And that was a winning team last year that they were starting on. And now right. you bring in some guys that you kind of perceive as upgrades. You kind of kick them down to maybe a more natural position for them. Um, and you're able to sub substitute more, give those starters some breaks, and now you have a, a fresh, ready ready to go football team, and that's the way I look at it. And you saw that in the preseason, you know, the third and fourth quarter when the Lions started to come on, you saw their depth take over, um, where they have like their third string defensive end getting three sacks. Um, <laughs> perfect example. That's so, exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I see with this team, and th- that's to me that's how you quantify the strides made from year one to year three. What are they What are yep. they doing in the preseason? How's that depth look? How's it coming along? Right. I think you saw it in, in Friday night's game. Now that's not to say anything about how they'll stack up against other teams when sure. the time comes and when the and when. But I'm, we're just talking right now on growth of the roster, and it's undeniable. And I think that that's all you can ask for really at this point. Anyway, is. Are you growing? Are you going in the right direction? Do you have a competitive roster that takes it serious and seems to care about each other? All those questions I just asked, yes, yes, yes. Lions have all that. It's been a really good first half of training camp for them. Uh, you know, you're not going to move with the injuries. There hasn't been other. Silstra had the tough one, and that's a bummer for him because I actually do think he would have probably had a chance here yeah, uh, when we look too. back at it. And, you know, we'll get into more conversations about what some of these tough decisions are going to be but like I think right now they're still really enjoying I've I've sensed that from Campbell more than anything too because he said he said a few things they asked him a question about pressure and he had the wind beneath my wings quote or whatever about like <laughs> the how wind this beneath is not my a burden. freaking wings man yeah this is not a burden <laughs> this is great yeah. and I think that like part of that obviously is like yeah it's you know it's Campbell so that's always how it's going to be but part of that is like I mean they put a lot of work in the last like three years two years two and a half whatever it's been to get the roster to this point, and they're and they're finally near now, and I think yeah. they're probably going to enjoy the next however many days until they have to make a cut and just let all these dudes fly around because they have a lot of really good football players in training camp around more than any more than at any point than I've been covering the Lions. How about that? I'll say that they have more more good quality guys who I'd say that guy's a player. If he leaves here tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him somewhere else. Right? Like yeah. those type of guys. That's what you want. So far, so good. You got anything else uh, this week, Cole? Before you get out of here. No man, they're coming along. That's that's my biggest takeaway. The the depth, the pieces that they have, starting to, starting to fit together. What's next on the schedule? What uh, what am I? Uh, what's next week's? We got joint practice with the Jets. Week? Is that next week or is it week yeah, after? That's next week. Next week? Oh, <laughs> next week. Yeah, they're right back next into week. it. Back at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next week joint practice with the Jags. Trevor Lawrence coming to town. Even better. Yeah, which I was going to say is actually even better, and I think will be more of a test because, like. These rosters, we talk about the Giants being a quality roster. These are the ones we talk about this all the time. These are the peers. These are the ones where it's like these are they stack up. Yeah, they do stack up, and it's going to be they have a lot of really talented players in Jacksonville that are young, just like here. Calvin Hungry. Ridley too. He's he's there now. Ridley in the house. Trevor Lawrence in the house. That'll be awesome to watch. Maybe my guy Tony Khan, AEW will show up. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But in any event. <laughs> 
We'll be back out there next week. More preseason action. Uh, these weeks are great. We learn a lot, and we did this week as well. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed the coverage. Thanks again for listening, and I don't know when we'll be back. What's Is the preseason game on a Friday again? Saturday. Okay, so maybe we'll do Friday this week. Maybe we'll we do, do before the weekend. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. In any event, for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening, and take care.